Welcome to Epiphany Brooklyn's podcast. I am Brandon Watts, lead pastor here at Epiph. Thanks so much for tuning in. Our desire is to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. May God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. Come on, give praise to the one that is victorious, that conquered sin and conquered death and conquered your shame. What a mighty God that we serve. One that looked like he was defeated. The Bible says that he was like a lamb before a shear. The Bible goes on to say he opened not his mouth. And although he came as a lamb the first time, second time when he comes back, he's coming back as a ferocious, lying, victorious. Our king is victorious. We don't serve a weak king, but one that is certainly conquered sin and death. Can we thank God for our worship team? Amen. Our band, grateful. Well, it really is a delight and honor to be here um, proclaiming the praises of Jesus Christ and, and talking about the things of God. Someone says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. And I know we've been like in a pandemic, so people don't know how to jump into to worship. It almost feels like we in double dutch. You remember, you know, you didn't know how to get in. That's how it kind of feels with worship. But um, listen, man, you're at home. I don't care if you haven't been here in 20 months, but you are at home. It is, you are at a place of freedom. And I don't know what you came in here with. I have no, no clue what kind of a week you had. Uh, but man, leave that at the door. Leave that at the dough. Hey, let's come in and worship Jesus. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad to be here. Glad to be worshiping Jesus with you. Why don't you just look at somebody and just say, I'm happy to be here. Just look at somebody. Oh, come on. Don't let those masks muzzle you. Look at somebody else and just say, I'm happy to see you. I'm happy to be here. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, do not neglect uh, or forsake meeting together. Gathering together, gathering with the body is something important. Don't underestimate this time. It's time of being able to corporately come together and worship and be able to get into the word of God. Speaking of the word of God, that's my responsibility. Uh, who has physical copies? Who, who has actual Bibles? Who brought Bibles with them today? Two of us. Amen. Let's uh, grab those phones, those devices, those laptops. Get to the Old Testament. We're going to be in the book of 1 Samuel, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel is where we're going to find our time together today. Uh, Man, we're at the week of Thanksgiving. Just want to say to those of you who are traveling, safe travels to you. Those of you who are gathering, what's up, Brittany? Those of you who are gathering with their family, um, be safe and praying for you guys. We have such a great opportunity. You know, I I think as believers, every uh, event, every um, part of our life should be like really oozing Jesus. And I think that Thanksgiving is just one of those times you get to gather with, y'all know we gather with uncles and aunts that just need a little bit more Jesus. And you, you, could, you could be that salt and you could be that light. And, and so I pray that you would, you know, steward your time well this week. Eat well too. Eat, eat good. Like this, this is just that week to, you know, if you're cooking, this ain't the week to like try stuff. This ain't the week to practice. You know, you gotta, you gotta bring the dish that's tested and proved that's that's that dish that's been through some things and you've got it to perfection. That's the dish you bring. Don't don't bring the stuff that you don't uh, you're not sure of yet. This isn't the you know, those of you who are gluten free and this, this ain't the you know, gluten free pound cake. That don't work. Like just go ahead and leave that to somebody else to make it. 
but enjoy, enjoy the weekend, enjoy the week, and I pray that you would, you know, Philippians 1.27, Paul says, only let your man- manner of life be counted worthy of the gospel. In other words, our life should reflect the gospel. Every aspect of who we are should reflect Jesus. Uh, and so I pray that Thanksgiving would be that. Also, really quickly, I, I said this last week, but I just want to reiterate it, the importance of, um, of stewarding God's resources well. We, are, like, praise God, man, we got a building, like, that God has converted from a club into a place of worship, and we're temporarily meeting up here now. Our, our goal is to uh, start renovations within the next few weeks downstairs. We've submitted our paperwork and our permits and uh, things are moving along and so the goal is to be downstairs it's going to be a bigger sanctuary a little bit more room a little bit more space uh, with some more seats and um, we're temporarily meeting up here now uh, but in order to move things along with our renovation we have asked you guys i'm never afraid to ask god's people for resources because i just believe every every dime that's in your bank account is the lord's he's just letting you steward it he's letting you He's letting you manage the money and and every dollar that's in my bank account, every penny that's in my bank account is the Lord's. 100% of it's his, but he allows me to to manage it. And I I just pray that you would consider giving toward um, the the campaign, the project. We're calling it Are You Ready? We're trying to raise $60,000 between now and December. I've said this already, the end of December, the end of December, not in two weeks, but in the end of December, uh, we're trying to raise $60,000, $60,000, and we're, we're getting closer and closer, and we're moving, we're moving up. Um, the beautiful thing is every dollar you give up to $60,000, we have a match, somebody from the outside that will give it, and so your money doubles, like our resources double, and uh, that's just how God does. So I praise God for the resources from the outside, but I just want to encourage you guys to, if you think about the church, if you are, if the Lord lays the church on your heart, uh, and you are interested in giving, please do so. Go to our, our regular platform, hit that drop down that says, are you ready? Somebody said, are you ready? And hit that drop down and you give to that and we'll be able to account for this campaign. You know, it's Acts chapter 20 that says, uh, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And for some reason, our culture turned that backwards. Our, our culture is more interested in, 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 in receiving. And so we think the blessing is actually in the receiving where in Acts chapter 20 says, it's actually opposite. You're more blessed if you're able to give than to receive. And so I pray that you would consider giving. All right, let's get to it. Uh, if you were there in 1 Samuel, just say I'm there. Because y'all don't sound like you're there. If you're in 1 Samuel 17, just say I'm there. All right, I want y'all to wake up a little bit this morning. All right, verse 38. 1 Samuel 17, verse 38. It says, Then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. And David strapped his sword over his armor and he tried to go in vain for it had not been, for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. Please underline this phrase. So David put them off. Then he took his staff in his hand and chose five smooth stones from the brook. And then he put them in his shepherd's pouch, his sling in his hand, and he approached the Philistine. I want to preach today from the topic entitled, Stop Trying to Make It Fit. Stop Trying to Make It Fit. Uh, Let's look to the Lord before we dig in. Uh, Father, we would be reprieved if we didn't 
pause for a moment and just invite you in. You need no invitation. I love the way David says it in the Psalms. Where shall I go from your presence? You're everywhere. If I go to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, even there you are there. There's not a place we can go that you're not there. So I don't think we're inviting you into a place that you're not already at. We're actually inviting you to help us to experience you, to help us to understand you. And as we dig into your word, oh God, I pray that you would speak to us. Many of us struggle with trying to fit into places that you've never designed or desired for us to be. We try to force relationships and we try to force things and try to force community. And you've never called us to it. And so, Father, I pray, oh God, that you would help us to make sense of this passage and that this ancient old passage would be applicable to us today here in Brooklyn on Atlantic Avenue in 2021. Make it make sense. It's in Christ's name we give glory. Amen. Well, throughout my life, um, I, I've certainly always tried to be a leader of some, some, in some sense. I've always tried to be a leader instead of a follower. I've, I've always tried to be the person in which God has made me. I feel like God has you know, made me unique. I feel like he's made you unique. He's, he's made us different. He's set us apart. He's, he uses us for his glory. And as much as I've tried to be a leader and tried to be set apart, there are times, if I'm honest with y'all, if I could put my cards on the table, there are times where um, I tried to fit into places that I know God didn't call me to be. There, there have been times where I tried to be somebody else that I know God did not create me to be. I don't know if that's your testimony or if anybody can identify with that, where you've tried to force relationships and you tried to be a part of that club and you tried to be a part of that community or you were a part at one point and you didn't realize that there was an expiration date to being a part of that community. That's the worst. Well, you're a part of something and and, and after a while, God is like, why are you still here? I, I, we're, we're, our loyalty has blinded us to, um, to be at places past our expiration date. There's a, there, there's a book called um, Necessary Endings. It's by a guy named Henry Cloud. I don't know if you've ever read that. I highly recommend it. Uh, but, but in this book, he talks about how we let our loyalty blinds us. And I would say some of us have let our loyalty blind us to where we're walking around with somebody else's armor on. We're walking around, not with the identity of Christ, but we're walking around with the identity of the most, the, the most respected people in our lives, the people that we want to be like. We're taking on their personality and we're taking on their dialect. That, that's how I used to do when, when I felt like I was forcing myself into communities. I, it typically would show up in how I would change my dialect based on the people that I was around. Anybody ever did that? Were you, you over here with this group of friends and you start talking like them and you start acting like them and you go over here with this group of friends and you start talking like them? Am I the only one that has done that before? Well, you, you found yourself being a chameleon. You, you found yourself changing up based on the people that you were around, trying to fit in to places that God has not called us to fit in. And my hope and prayer is that as we work through this, that, that you would realize that many of us are trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. Many of us are trying to force something. Many of us are trying to fit into people's ideals and their ideologies. And after a while, you are now taking on someone else's identity, whether it was a job that you were trying to fit into or 
a relationship that you were trying to force or just you were trying to fit into someone else's dreams for you. What God has called you to, to do and called you to be got lost somewhere because you just wanted to impress mama, just wanted to impress daddy. You wanted to impress your friends. You wanted to impress your boss. And, and so you found yourself running a race that was never for you. And my hope and prayer is that you would understand as we read through this passage that God has made you unique. Don't put somebody else's armor on. Don't put someone else's battle gear on. I love the way Psalm says it. Psalm 139 says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Can somebody just say that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made? Come on, you, you got to make that like a declaration. I am fearfully and I'm wonderfully made. Be comfortable with you. That God has made you different. That God has made you unique. And we arrive at a passage where... David is trying to put on armor that was not custom fit for him. He's trying to put on something that doesn't fit him. He's trying to put on something in the worst is he's trying to go into battle with it. He's trying to go and fight a, a giant with it. And yet God has not ordained that attire to be a part of his life. Let me give you quick context because I say it all the time, but it's true. I literally won't sleep if I, if I get up tonight I'm, and, and I haven't given you context. If we parachute into this chapter and we don't know what's going on, it, it bothers me. It, it, it upsets me. And so let me give you quick context. At the top of this chapter, you see uh, David is tending the sheep. David is not a warrior in any sense of the word. David tends to the sheep. His brothers, he's, he's one of seven other brothers and his brothers, some of y'all might be familiar with this story. His other brothers are warriors. They, they're out to battle right now at the top of this chapter. David is tending to the sheep. His brothers are out to battle. Jesse, his father, says, David, I need you to pack lunch. I need, I need you to pack up the lunch and take your brothers something to eat. And so he goes and packs up the Lunchables and, and, and he goes and packs up Pastor Pam's uh, uh, a Capri Sun. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. But he packs up a Capri Sun and he prepares himself to take lunch to his brothers who were at battle. When he gets there, he looks around and the entire army, Israel army is shook from the king down. Saul is shook. His seven brothers are shook. Everybody around him, all of the warriors, all of those who are re ready for battle against the Phil Philistines are all shook, not of the army, of one person, Goliath. Anybody ever heard of the story of David and Goliath? They're all shook of one giant because this giant is seven foot tall and he's big and David overhears the battle conversation and as they're talking about this giant he overhears Goliath and he stands up the scrawny little boy bringing lunch stands up and says who is this uncircumcised Philistine that would defy the armies of the Lord where it gets the king saw that there's somebody that's willing to fight this this giant that there's one guy that's willing to do it and so the Bible says that King Saul says Go get him. Go, go get that one and bring him to me. And I can just imagine King Saul's face when scrawny David, the lunch boy, pulls up to fight Goliath. I can just imagine King Saul. And I'm sure David felt it. And he probably was like, look, you're looking at me with judgmental eyes. But then he goes on and say, let me tell you two stories, though. David says to King Saul, there, there was a point where I was tending to the sheep and a lion came. And when the lion came, he snatched one of my sheep and I grabbed it by its beard. I don't know if you've ever grab, grabbed a lion by its face. But he says, I grabbed it by its beard and I killed the lion with my bare hands. But, but wait, I know you're not impressed, Saul, but there was another time, another day, another situation where a bear came. 
And when the bear came, I killed the bear with my bare hands as well. Listen, brothers, I, I know y'all feel like y'all strong, uh, but, but let me just, let me just uh, warn you that you wouldn't last a ring, around a, a, a in the ring with David. I, I know he gets a bad rep because he plays the harp and he uh, uh, writes poetry, but this is David that kills lions and bears with his bare hands. The other day I was in my office and a, a little bug crawled from underneath the, the desk. I almost died. And, and, and this is David. This is David that is killing lions and killing bears. And apparently these two stories worked. This was enough for Saul to say, you know what? Maybe you should go in battle. But, but before you go into battle, I still feel like you're not prepared because you don't look the part. So let me help you to look the part. And the Bible says that King Saul puts his armor onto David. And that's where we arrive in our passage today. Pick me up in verse 38 real quick. It says, then Saul clothed David with his armor. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and clothed him with a coat of mail. You know, that's that, uh, that, that, uh, that ancient piece that they used to wear with the, the medals, the rings that made, made up of a suit. It says, and David strapped his sword over his armor. My, my guess is that David is probably wearing the best of the best. This, is, this isn't anybody's armor. This is King Saul's armor. This is the best armor. He has the best breastplate on, the best shield, the best coat of mail. He has the best sword. This isn't just any old attire. This, this is like showing up at the Met Gala with Gucci, uh, Alexander McQueen, Balenciagas, and YSL all together. That, that's like he has on the best of the best. He has the most expensive piece of wear on, and you would think that this would help him to win the battle. And head to toe, David is decked out in battle gear, but we're, 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 kept, we're missing something that David, that Saul put on David, something that David never asked for. Nowhere in this passage where David says, look, I'm here, I'm ready. Uh, I, by the way, I killed bears and lions without this attire, but Saul puts on the attire and there's something that Saul is missing here. Saul is missing that this attire doesn't fit. So Saul is missing that it slows him down. Because what have we, have to, we have to be careful here because what, what can happen is we can give Saul a bad rep. We, we can say, you know what, Saul did that to slow him down when in reality, Saul was probably just trying to help him. He's probably like, look, you skinny, you scrawny, you only here for lunch. Let me help you out and put on the best. But what Saul is missing is that God always likes the odds to be stacked against you before he uses you. Please write that down. God always likes the odds to be stacked against you before he uses you. And unfortunately, Saul is missing this. Whenever I read the scriptures, the scriptures are replete that God usually waits until we get to our wits end where there's no help for us. That's when God likes to show up. And many of you are in that right now. The money don't add up. Wits end. You don't, you're not qualified for the job. You're at your wits end. And congratulations, because that is the moment where God typically likes to step in. Let me tell you something. If David would have got to the battle, he would have killed Goliath and he would have wore Saul's armor. Saul would have said, you only won because you had my stuff on. Saul would have took the credit and God never wants to share the credit. Let me, let me help you out. God never wants to share his glory. 
And so he he would rather David go to the battle butt naked than to go to a battle wearing somebody else's stuff because he always likes the odds to be stacked against you. He wants it to look like you won't win. He wants it to look like you're not ready. He wants it to look like Goliath will destroy him. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but some of you are facing something right now that's bigger than you. Some of you, you right now, you're, you've applied to a job that you're not qualified for. Some of you have a project on your plate right now that you don't have the money for. And so some of you are pursuing something right now that you don't have the wits for and you're, you don't have the skill set for. Congratulations. You have just been qualified as a candidate to be used by God because God always waits For the odds to be stacked against you before he steps in. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but I know that there's somebody here that you're going into battle. And right now you got on somebody else's stuff. But God is trying to get you to a place where you strip it off. Because he wants you to go in and almost look like you'll lose. And let me help you out. If you go into something and feel like you're fully confident, it might not be the Lord. Whenever I walk into a situation, I'm always going, God, if you don't show up. I'm a fail. If, if you don't come through, this won't happen. Let me help you out with this building. I can promise you we were going into me as I'm going, we'll never get this. It's not possible. We don't have the money. We don't have the wisdom. We don't have the resources. Let me, we don't have the manpower. God always likes for the odds to be stacked against you. And, you know, so some of us right now, we're, we're, we're going a direction and you think that you're going the wrong way because nothing's happening. It's not that you're going the wrong way. Maybe you're going the right way. You're just going with someone else's armor on. You're going with somebody else's stuff on and God is like, I, I need you to strip away all of that stuff. God wants David to look like the underdog. He wants David to look like he's not going to win. You know, when I, when I search scripture, God always does this. You know, look at Moses. The Bible says that Moses is told to go to the most powerful man in Egypt, Pharaoh, and not just like go for battle, but go talk. Go tell him to let my people go. The only problem is Moses is like, but wait, I stutter. God always likes for the odds to be stacked against you. You stutter, but I'm sending you to the most powerful man at that time in the world. Not only that, but look at look at Paul. Paul writes 75% of the New Testament, despite the fact that most people in the New Testament were very unimpressed with Paul and his rhetorical skills. Look at Samson. You know, I I really don't like looking at movies of Samson because I think, I I don't think they depict him right. You know, they they depict him as this big, strong man with, you know, strapping muscles, look something like I look, you know, something just buff and big. You know, that's how they picture him. But in reality, I think it's opposite. I think he was skinny and scrawny like David. And I think God likes to do that because he shows us I can use anybody because when my glory gets on you, when my power gets in you, nothing can stop you. You don't need Saul's armor when you got me. You don't need Saul's helmet when you got me. You don't need that breastplate when you got me. You don't need that sword when you got me. And many of us are trying to go into battle with natural stuff when God is like, what you need to do is put on spiritual stuff. He says, you don't need anybody else's armor. He, he, and so Saul so, so puts all this stuff on him and, and, he, and, he, and he clothes him and he prepares him for battle. And, you know, some of us right now, what are the areas that we are being clothed with somebody else's stuff? Typically, it shows up with the people we respect and the advice they give, we put on armor. 
I don't know if that makes sense. And so people will be like, well, this will work for me. It should work for you. You're putting on someone else's armor. People are like, this is how you should do it. You're putting on someone else's armor. And you got to be careful in this next season of the advice that you receive. Because people will clothe advice, but in reality, it's just putting on someone else's armor. Now, don't, don't hear me wrong. Proverbs 14 and 15 uh, is very clear that with many advisors, plans succeed. So, yes, you want to you want to accept advice, but not all advice is good advice. Not, not, not all assistance is good assistance. Not all help is good help. There's some assistance that needs to be rejected. My guess is that you know exactly who I'm talking about. My guess is that you, you know exactly the people that you're trying to live up to their dreams and their hopes. And I don't know, maybe it's somebody at home. Maybe you're, you're trying to put on someone else's armor and you're packaging it in this idea of it's just their advice. You got to be careful of their advice because many of us are walking around with someone else's armor on and I just want to help you out. It's too big. It's too clunky. It's, it's not going to help you. So what does David do? He puts on all this stuff. Does he go into battle with this stuff on? Verse 39, David strapped his sword over his armor and he tried to go in vain for he had not tested them. Then David said to Saul, here it is, I cannot go with these for I had not tested them. I ask you to underline this. So David put them off. So David put them off. I love the way the New Living Translation says, it says, so David took it off. He took off someone else's stuff. He took off this custom wear. He took off the bronze helmet. He took off the coat of mail. He took off the armor. He put the sword aside and said, I don't need any of that. He took it all off. And my guess is that he went into battle with a tunic and a belt. That's it. He, he, he goes into battle. He doesn't have all of this stuff on. And you know that this stuff is too big for him because the Bible says in 1 Samuel 9 and 1 Samuel 10 that Saul the king was head and shoulders taller than everybody else. Imagine that, like the tallest dude you're trying to put on his stuff. Now, in, in, in contrast, David is the shortest dude because when Samuel showed up in the chapter before this one to look for the king to anoint him, he looked at the brothers and said, these got to be the king. And God had to correct him. Man looks at the outer appearance. God looks at the heart. Why? Because David was short. So the man that stood head and shoulders above everybody else is trying to put custom wear on someone that is shorter in stature. David understood that I can't go into this battle with this natural stuff on to fight this spiritual fight. What helped him beat Goliath was not that he was uh, battle ready, but that he was trusting and trusting in the Lord and, and dependent on Jesus. That's why he won the battle. Uh, let me give you some scripture. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse three or four. I hope this is helping y'all. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war against the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but to the divine power or the pulling down of the destroying of strongholds. Many of us are trying to fight the battle with our money, with our degree and our influence when you need to fight the battle with prayer, fasting and devotion to God. <sighs> Somebody walked in today with a heavy heart. You're, you're fighting a, a mental battle. You're fighting a, 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 a spiritual battle and you can't beat that battle by just using natural stuff. This demon is a spiritual demon. You beat that by spiritual stuff. You beat that by trusting in the Lord. So David removes the armor. He says, this, this stuff isn't tested. This stuff doesn't fit. This stuff is too big. This stuff is too clunky. 
I figured that this wasn't going to be a, one of those sermons that, that, that made sense. And so I, I grabbed some stuff. I need somebody that's short in stature, somebody that's just someone teeny. Oh, oh, Gabe. Oh, praise God. Come on up, Gabe. Come on up, Gabe. You're probably tired of the short jokes. No? So, so I got some stuff, and I, I, wanted to, I wanted to put this stuff on Gabe and see if he can go into battle with it. So I bought some jeans that look like they fit Gabe. I, I think he can get in these. Gabe, put these jeans on for me. Why don't you take those shoes off first? Just go ahead and kick those off. Did you shower this morning? All right, put those on. Put those on. I, I want Gabe to go into battle with, 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 this, with this type of equipment on. All right. Gabe, Gabe, do me a favor. I don't know. I didn't bring a belt for you. Would you put these Tims on? You know you're in Brooklyn when you bring some butter Tims. Put those Tims on, Gabe. I also got a coat for you. I think this is your size. Let's see if it can, see if it can fit. See, this is comical, but let me tell you what happens. Many of us, you got to hold those pants up. Many of us, Many of us are going into battle like this. We, we laugh at this, but in reality, this is what you look like when you're putting on someone else's gear. When you're putting on someone else's stuff. Gabe, won't you do me a favor and just go ahead and just take a, take a nice little stroll across the stage. <laughs> this is what we look like. We, we're clunking around and come back to me, Gabe. Can you play basketball in that? Could you, could, could you go into battle with this on? And many of us, this is what we look like when we put on someone else's stuff and, and, and we're walking through life and, and, and we're pursuing dreams. In reality, you're pursuing somebody else's dream because you got somebody else's stuff on. And God wants you in the next season to start to strip it off. Do you notice verse 39? You can take a seat, Gabe, and go ahead. Just, yeah, go ahead. Take it. There you go. Take it all back with you. But this is how we look. Verse 39 says, David took off the stuff. David began to take the big coat off. I think those jeans are a size 66. Gabe probably wears a 22. And he took it off. And as comical as this is, here's my deepest fear, that you are going through life and that is what you look like spiritually. Clunky, not battle ready, not ready for war, not ready to defeat the enemy because we've put on too much stuff. Is this helping anybody? You're just putting on too much. So David says, look, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take it all off. But not only am I going to take it off, it says, then he took, verse 40, a staff in his hand. And he, took, he chose five smooth stones from the book, brook, and he put them in his shepherd's pouch. His sling was in his hand, and he approached the Philistines, sticks and stones. He took off the best battle gear and chose sticks and stones to beat Goliath, the most dangerous, notorious, huge person, period. He chose sticks and stones. And so interesting, David really chose stuff that was familiar to him, a staff. He, he would have always used his staff and, and when, when he was uh, tending to the sheep. The Bible says he has a shepherd's pouch. That's just like a leather pouch that has uh, usually food and knickknacks in it. He chose a sling. He would use a sling to, to shoot off other animals. In this case, if you know the story, he uses it against Goliath, stuff that was familiar, stuff that he was used to. I just wonder if in this next season, God wants to use the stuff that you, know, that you don't even realize as normal stuff. 
Normal stuff around the house. Normal giftings. See, we think that in order for God to use us, he has to give us some new supernatural gift when in reality, I wonder if we're neglecting the one he's already put in us. Familiar stuff is what he chose. He chose to use something that he always used. You know, when I look at Jesus and he came into uh, Jerusalem uh, and he was filling Zechariah 9, the, the, the triumphal entry, you know, the last time he's coming into Jerusalem, the Bible says he rides in on a donkey. Have you ever considered the donkey owner? Normal stuff. He probably walked past his donkey every day, not knowing that it was going to ride the king of kings on into Jerusalem. Normal stuff is what God typically uses. This week, I want you to write a list of all of the armor you're putting on. And then next to that, I want you to put another list of all of the normal stuff that God wants to use in your life in this next season. And I bet you it's not something supernatural. It's the normal stuff in your life. It's the normal giftings. Perfect what God has given you. Stop lusting after a new gift when God is like, I gave you that one. You're not stewarding the one I gave you. Familiar stuff is what David chose to use. Now, what was interesting to me is that David picks up five smooth stones. Why do you pick up five smooth stones? Are you lacking faith? You're only fighting Goliath. You're not fighting the entire army. The, the, the deal was if I could beat you, then they'll all be our servants. And if you beat that one, then Israel will be your servants. Why do you pick up five smooth stones all you need is one because you're fighting one. In fact, and when he went into battle, y'all know the story? He only used one. That means Paul had four left. I mean, uh, David had four left. Why does David pick up five smooth stones? Because if you go to chapter 21 in the next book, many people don't preach that, David, that Goliath actually had four other brothers. He was prepared. He was, he was ready. He was not going to be caught off guard. He kills Goliath. He chops off his head. He holds it up, but not realizing that Goliath had four other brothers. Are you prepared? Are, are you ready for this battle? He picked up five smooth stones because he knew that preparation was the key. There's somebody in here today that you're wearing somebody else's stuff. You're not ready for battle. You came in today and you registered and you lifted your hands and you, you, you're a, you worship Jesus. Praise God. Are you ready for battle? Are you putting on someone else's stuff? Are you wearing somebody else's attire? And today God wants you, that's the deepest thing. God wants you to strip it off. Because the only identity for a believer is the identity of Jesus. That's it. No, nobody else's identity will suffice. The only identity that you need is the identity of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Every head bow, every eye closed. I'm convinced that God wants us to take stuff off and put more faith on. He wants us to put more trust in him on, more devotion to him, more dependency to him. There's no altar call today. Everybody's on the altar because all of us have tried to fit in somewhere. All of us have tried to put other stuff on that's not for us. And if you're not in that season right now, beware because you will be into it. Somebody, somebody's going to try to shape you and mold you into who they think you should be. There are some friends that you probably need to disconnect from because they're trying to put that armor on you. There's some communities that you need to plug away from. Don't let loyalty cause you to stay. Let me say that again. Don't let loyalty cause you to stay.
Loyalty is, has, has a way of throwing us off from being aligned to the will of God. There are some expiration dates he's put to some stuff. And you're letting your loyalty keep you there. And you're frustrated. And you're aggravated. You're trying to figure it out. I can tell you what you need. Take the armor off. Take off that identity. Pursue Jesus. Father, I pray for every single person that's in this room. I'm fully aware. I put myself on blast. There, there have been times where I've tried to fit into places and there were times where I was at places way longer than I should have been. And so, Father, we, what we need is we need help from the Holy Ghost. Some of us don't even know what to take off. We need your help to take off that helmet. I love the boldness of David, that David was willing to be bold enough to tell the king, no, I can't wear it. I can't put it on. Father, help us to be as bold as David. Help us not to look like Gabe running around here. Help us to be serious. Because I can't promise that everybody's next season cometh now. I can't promise that stuff. But I can promise that the most fruitful season is always the season when we have our identity in Jesus and we're aligned to your will. That's the best season. So whatever that season, I don't, I don't know what that season brings, but I pray for fruit. I pray for impact. I pray for longevity. I pray for discernment and knowing what needs to be put off and taken off today. Father, we think we worship you because when we go into battle with nothing, we go in with you, which means we actually have everything. We need nothing else when we have you. We need no other king's armor when we have the king of king's armor. God, I pray that you would do a work. And the beautiful thing is you tell us in Colossians that you disarm the other rulers and you put them to open shame. Father, I don't know who it is today, but help us to fully pursue you and not other people's identity. It's in Christ's name we give glory. Amen.